Good morning, everybody. Just want to say thank you for being with us, for joining us on this live stream this Sunday morning. We're privileged that you're here to join me in going through God's Word this morning. So if you have your Bibles, would you get them out and turn to Psalm 46? And by the way, you can use our study guide that's online at calvaryslow.com to follow along with the psalm and also to have some resources for like your kids and some other things to read through the week as we're taking a section of Psalms every week and reading them together. Uh, I'm coming with a heavy heart, you know, this Sunday for obvious reasons. Our culture, our community is, is in times like we haven't seen in, in quite a while. Um, I've always had uh, an, a very deep interest in civil rights as an issue. Um, I've always thought as I've watched footage of like Martin Luther or Martin Luther King uh, Jr. and marching and thinking, wow, I'd really love to go back in time and, and interview him in particular, but others as well. And, and here we find ourselves this Sunday morning in a beautiful part of the world, beautiful part of our state. And, and it's a slow town. <laughs> they call it a slow town. And here we are seeing protests and even our own freeways being blocked by protesters. And people are very upset. And for good reason. We've watched together as a community as a family of believers, as you have, as I have, filled my eyes with shocking images. And adjusting to those things is very difficult at times, and it causes us to kind of go into our own hearts and and ask ourselves some deep probing questions. And first of all, as we talk about Psalm 46, I'm so grateful, first of all, for God's Word. God's Word has has a knack for just when you need it, And when it says certain things, you're like, boy, just right now I needed to hear that. God, I'm so thankful for your truth that doesn't change, that provides bedrock beneath my feet in the most tumultuous of days. And I hope that the word of God is that for you too. Wherever you're at right now, it's good that you're here. It's even better that you give focus to the word of God. So right now, I just wanted to pray that in the heaviness of our times and how God's word is here with us right now, how we're going to open up the psalm, that you would pray with me in your homes and you would pray along as we ask God's blessing on this time. Lord God, we just thank you that you are here, that you are reaching every person in a different way, in unique ways, and using these days, God, that are trialsome to minister to your people. Beyond that, you're calling people to be, to, to know the depths of your love to know how far-reaching it is, to know how it reaches out after the one when the 99 are in your fold. God, we we cry out to you in these days, and we thank you that you're doing a mighty work even in these times. And we look to you as our strength, and we look to your word this morning as the source of bedrock beneath, what doesn't change, what stands true and firm throughout all days, even into eternity. So God, we thank you for this time. We ask for your blessings as we read your word together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a little bit of just my journey. I'll try and keep it real brief for sake of time. My journey is uh, I have a little bit of, of a testimony of, of experiencing along the way. These days of watching footage has caused me to think about my upbringing and my experiences growing up. And I started out in a melting pot where black, white, Mexicans, we were all in one happy community, at least I thought that, for the first uh, number of years. And then I moved to a predominantly white neighborhood um, a little ways away. And that's where I learned that I had darker skin than other people, at least some people. And I think that really shaped my experience as I had uh, a little girl that I wanted to be 
um, more than friends with in fifth grade. And she came back after I asked her to go steady in fifth grade, whatever that means. Uh, she said, I can't. Mom and dad don't want me to be with someone like you, meaning, you know, someone that's Mexican. Later on in high school, uh, I was with another gal in her, her house and we were talking and she went into the kitchen and, and I just, I've never remember or never forgotten this moment where <clears throat> I overheard him say, get that bleep out of my house. And, and so I, I've been thinking about those kind of experiences in, in light, in the backdrop against the backdrop of what's been happening with our, with our black community, with our brothers and sisters. And I don't for a second want to compare what I've experienced with anyone because we all have our, our own journeys, right? We all have our own uh, experiences that shape who we are. But I, I know that through my life, it's affected me and stuck with me in different ways. And it comes out in times like this where, where I realize that, that the Lord wants to continue to do a work in me. And I know it's true for you as we are open to what he wants to do in this time in all of us. So I just want to say that I'm not saying that what I've experienced has anything to do with what's going on now, but it is, it, it is an opportunity for God again to work out in me. What do I think about myself? What do I think about race? What do I think about the kingdom of God? And uh, lo and behold, I was given this section of verses and here's Psalm 46. So I just want to read that right now uh, together. So Psalm 36 or 46 to the choir master of the song, uh, sons of Korah, according to the Alamoth. Now, we don't know exactly what that means, but it's probably a musical or liturgical term. It says a song. So this is a song given to the Jewish people to sing. And the words are epic. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There's a, a moment where we're told, just reflect on what those words are and mean. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns and the nations rage and the kingdoms totter. But he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. And he breaks the bow and the shatters the spear and he burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. What a wonderful, wonderful piece of God's truth that we get to read today. The choir master is gifting this to the masses and saying, here's a song for you to sing. First of all, let's go with the main subject of all the Bible. And it is not us. It is God. The very first verse says God starts out with God for a reason. We're going to focus on him. He is our what? He is our refuge. And this word, it, it basically reminds us of when an animal is scared, 
uh, immediate reaction for that animal is to seek refuge, is to seek the den, seek the nest, seek what's high up in the, in the boughs of a tree if you're a bird. But, but if they're in danger, the immediate instinct is to run to somewhere that's safe. And that would be our refuge. And so God is our, that place for us as we have tumultuous times, as we need him. He is our refuge where we should instinctively go and run to he is also, God is also our strength. And this word, it, it stresses that it's beyond what we possess in and of ourselves. In other words, everybody has a limitation. There's a cap on the strength that we possess as human beings. And, and there's, there's something that we can tend to look internally for strength in times of, of trouble. And yet, this is pointing to something beyond us. We all need, don't we? We all need, if we're honest with ourselves, we all need something bigger than us, something more steady than us, something more powerful than us, something to draw on for strength. And it's saying, the psalmist is saying, the strength is indeed God, Jehovah, Yahweh. He's very present. It says here, a very present help in trouble. Boy, isn't it great that you don't have to run and find God? Isn't it amazing that he makes himself available to us in the immediate times that we need him most? Guys, these are troublesome times. And I think if there's a time that we've experienced, in my generation at least, where we need God as our strength, our refuge, and our help that is very available to us, it's now. And and my heart grieves and my heart cries out for those that have suffered years, hundreds of years, like the black community in particular, that everybody is, is drawn attention to right now. And we can choose to ignore it. We can choose to embrace it. We can choose to ask God simply, what do you want to do? But in it, throughout it, for all people, no matter the hurts or stress or anxiety that's, that's brought about because of our days, he is our number one. He is our refuge for the hurting, for those who have been oppressed, for those who seek refuge from their own sin and shame. And, and guilt, and, and we can run to him in these times. He is our strength beyond what we ourselves you know, possess. He's always available. He's very present in help in times of trouble. Shouldn't that encourage the soul right there? Last week, Pastor Brian talked about our, uh, speaking to our souls and how important that is. And boy, it is in this case. God, you are my refuge. Soul, trust in him. He is a strong tower. He is available for me. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, he was summarizing uh, Psalms 46, and he lived in the 16th, 1700s. His commentaries are widely used even today. And he said, this psalm encourages us to hope and trust in God and his power and providence and gracious presence with his church in the worst of times. And he directs us to give him the glory of what he has done for us and what he will do. This psalm points out to take comfort in God when things look very dark and threatening. To mention to his praise the great things he has wrought for his church against its enemies. And to assure ourselves that God, who has glorified his own name, will glorify it yet again. And to comfort ourselves with that. Martin Luther is known to have said when things came upon him that he heard that were discouraging as far as news. He would come and he would say, come, let us sing the 46th Psalm. So we continue in this Psalm. 
Therefore, verse two, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. Therefore, what's therefore, therefore it's, it's God, since he is so available to us as his people, since he is our refuge, since he is the providing the strength beyond what we have in ourselves and what we need. It says, we will not fear because God is real. He is there for us. We will not fear. Though the very things that cause instant fear happen. Uh, those of us have experienced earthquakes. And we live in California here in San Luis Obispo on the Central Coast. Um, uh, before that, I remember when Palm Springs was, was a big earthquake happened in there. And when I was sitting again in high school, I just remember th- seeing the floor kind of do this kind of thing. And, and instantly you're thinking, I'm not in control. I need to be somewhere safe. Well, this is the earth giving way. This is, this is the most cataclysmic events that can happen. And he's saying, in light of God and who he is and what he is to us, we don't have to fear even when the immediate situation calls for fear. It doesn't say we won't fear. It says we will not, give, we will not fear, but we will not give into it due to circumstance. And we have hope in all things, even though it's raging like the seas, even though it threatens us, even though there's times that are, that are so encompassing and so complex like today that you can't wrap your, your mind around it entirely. You need to dive into it and swim in it for a while and wrestle with these things. It's just like today. We will not fear. We will, we will not fear when the earth gives way. See, these are the worst fear-provoking natural phenomenon to occur. But... He is present with us. You know, we, we thought we were in it, you know, in a situation like none other. And we were with COVID coming upon us. Everything shut down and we were, we were suffering. And, and we're all familiar with this. And, and to think in such a short amount of time, we've been thrust in this new place of examining ourselves and examining our community and examining our nation and its history and its future for that matter. When George Floyd lost his life in such a, a traumatic way, such a needless way, it would seem. There, there, there's so many others that have suffered. It's what do you do with that? And it really does feel like the earth's giving way. And, and we have injustice in our land, no doubt. And we don't want to deny that. And we as a church and our leaders, we stand united that these things need to change. That, that the God of the universe sees all men equal that he created us all. He started with one man and through that, the nations developed. But he reminds us, God does, especially in Psalms like this, the important perspectives that come with these tumultuous times, that he is our strength to those that have suffered as well as those who have perpetrated. See, there's mercy available through the Godhead, through the Trinity for everyone. Those who have done wrong, those that have sinned, those who have suffered sin, those who have been wrong, we all come to the same source of healing. And for me, even to be confident into marrying into my, for example, I'm just going to open this little personal uh, piece to you guys, to the world, to say when, when I was at the point where I was going to ask Wendy to marry me, and, and, and she is the most beautiful woman on the planet, I had concerns. I had insecurities that I traced back to those early days where I, I wondered in the depths of my soul, am I going to be enough for her family? I know her heart. I don't know her family well enough to say. I'm so grateful that they received me as they have. 
I'm so grateful that my uh, insecurities didn't get the best of me and, and I ran away because it turned out there were very loving people waiting for me. And this family that I married into, you know, I think a lot in, in these past few weeks, I have, I have um, members of the family, my son's cousins, you know, um, half black, half white. You know, it's affecting, it's close to home is what I'm trying to say. And, and, the, and the encouragement that I give to you all, even this morning, is to stay true on the path towards God and his heart because it'll lead you to a place of healing, both in the hurts and in the sin. Let's go on. Verse four, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Do you see this? The whole theme of the psalm is immovability. The, the fact that, as Jesus said, if you take my words and you take them to heart and you live them and you, and you, you hear and you live them out as, as God intends, it, you will be likened to a wise person who built their home, not on shifting sands, not on unstable ground, but on very bedrock. And when the storms come and beat on the house and when you're, when you're erecting a house, you want to make sure it's in a good stable place, right? The foundation needs to be secure for there to be long lasting residents for people to be able to take shelter in that home. He's saying, you do, you hear what I say and you do it. You'll be like a wise person who built their house on bedrock. And here God is in the midst of, in this case, Jerusalem, the city of God. We were just there in February, a group of us. And to walk around the, the city of Jerusalem, even to this day, it's undeniable the tension that's still there. The, the, the daily, the moment by moment, depending on where you walk, in old Jerusalem, for example, you feel that tension so vividly. You see it around you. Uh, Jews and Arabs, Palestinians, just the people uh, that are Christians and, and all these pilgrims from all over the world. Talk about the nations. Going to Jerusalem pre-COVID is, is, is an example of God loves the nations as people go there. But, but you have God in the midst of this tension ongoing today until he rectifies it once and for all in the future. And you have racial and cultural divides there that continue and have continued for thousands of years. Doesn't make it right. It's just been there. However, God is the owner of that property. And, and, and this psalmist is saying there's a river in this dry, arid land in the city of Jerusalem. It is where God dwells. And we know via the, uh, the tabernacle and eventually the temple being erected there. That's where God met his people through the, the places there, the holy, holy place and the most holy place. And it says, God, because he's there, she won't be moved. It's true for us too. You can't walk around Jerusalem and not see automatic weapons. And, and it is a sad reality. And we don't want that. And we pray, we're told to pray in the scriptures for the peace of Jerusalem. But it's these, these, these reminders of God's immovability that, that causes us to, to take comfort. Look at verse six, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. Boy, when the nations rage, when the nations rage, and this, this is people groups. And, the, and from a Jewish perspective, we're talking about Gentiles, non-Jews, whomever they are. Uh, there's a, uh, a tendency or there can be a, a tendency for rage. And we're obviously, when you read that today, it has a whole powerful weight with it. But he's saying God's voice is the voice that's heard above all. 
And when he speaks, the kingdoms shake. That includes every kingdom. That includes every people group. We're all in this together. God is the most high. We bow our knee to him. And it says in verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Again, making reference to verse one. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. And look at this. God, I heard it so repeated so often recently. It is so encouraging that God, even as I said at the beginning, he goes after the one and leaves the 99 to do it. Look at this. Verse seven, it says, the Lord is with us collectively as God's people, as a community. We take refuge in that. We take strength from that. We take uh, hope in that. We put hope in that. And it's also the God of Jacob, the individual, the person who suffered, the person who's been wrong, the person who's saying, I want justice because I haven't received it. And my people have not received it. God is for every individual as much as he is for every community. Equally. He's not a respecter of persons. There is no place in the church. There's no place in the reality of the church for racism. It should not exist. Because why? Because we're all part of the nations. And we all have the Lord with us. And he's not a respecter of person. Praise the Lord God. And he is our fortress as individuals and in a community. We're going to end in a few verses here. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. This is so encouraging. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns chariots of fire. What is the psalmist saying there? What are the sons of Korah saying? They're reminding us very vividly that wars will come to an end, that God shalom, God shalom will come over all the nations. We know in the future, we're going to see every tribe, tongue, and nation around the throne of God with the angels proclaiming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All there together, equal footing, Nobody above the other. We're all submitted before a holy God. Now, verse 10, be still and know that I'm God. You guys, for years, I used to read this verse and think that I had to get some type of Zen kind of like posture where I had to just still myself, you know, control my breathing, not stress out, de-escalate my heart uh, rate, if you will. But it doesn't mean that at all. What it means is it's basically straight to an explanation to say, we cannot go to God and start proclaiming our innocence, that we are guiltless, and that we stand there, I guess, stable and pure and whole without him and his mercy. See, you can't go to God and say, this is my justification. You can only go to God and submit and say, God, what do you want to show in my heart that's wrong? See, we all are in need of that. We're all in the same boat in this way. We all need God to reveal to us where our hearts are off, especially in times like today. And be still is not to say, hey, just settle down yourself. But it means be still and stop talking so that God can talk to you and that you would be in a great position to hear. See, I think of my own life and I think here are the ways that have stuck with me that I've been wrong. But I also have to ask the question, In all fairness, God, show me where I'm off. Show me where my prejudice exists. Show me where I haven't been an advocate for justice and change. Show me how you want me to be according to your kingdom where all nations are in the same boat. We're all on the same footing. We're all humbled before a mighty, holy, loving God. Listen to Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, mine 
I own them. 24, and see if there be any grievous wicked way in me. And then finally lead me in the way everlasting. You see, there's something very encouraging to me to say, God, you love me enough to know all that's wrong. And yet you still, you want me to ask that question, Lord, please, as I come to you, see if there be anything at all, even that I'm blind to, that I need to repent of, that I need to bring to your throne, that I need to stay silent in and just say, Lord, I'm guilty. I am sorry. Lord, I want change. And the, the beautiful thing is verse 10. He says, I'll be exalted among those same nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. I will be exalted by the sinner because I come and I bring my peace and my shalom and my healing and my forgiveness to the worst of sinners. Remember Jesus on the cross himself said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He's being hit and spit on and the worst of the worst and tortured unto death. And he's got the posture that says, I know they're sinners. I know they're guilty. And yet I'm going to forgive them. My sacrifice will be sufficient to, to, to bring healing to the nations. And that's why we can stand secure. And that's why when we look to Jesus is saying, Jesus, you were a Jewish carpenter and I bow my knee to you. And I say, hallelujah, you have purchased uh, mankind who, who turn their back on you. And we see the effects of it through our community. The very DNA of Adam goes to the generations. So I just want to remind us of a few things and, and, I'll, and I'll close with this. God in Genesis started with one man, right? We all have the DNA. Abraham was given by God the privilege of being a conduit by which all nations on earth would be blessed. Jesus, the Jewish carpenter, was sent from mankind. And he is the one who said, I want you to go. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go into all the nations. Give them the gospel. Give them the good news. We're all in need of it. The Psalms repeatedly say the nations will be. And ultimately, in Revelation, we see all colors together around the throne and his redeemed people together with the chorus of angels and the elders singing praise to God. And ultimately, one of the most well-known verses in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whomever would believe on him would not perish, but come to everlasting life. That is news worth spreading. That verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen and amen. If you need to process your own journey, your own thoughts, if you want somebody to come alongside and pray with you, pray with those in your, in your own family, even now, God reveal any wicked way in us. And lead us in the way everlasting. Continue that journey. It's good. God's bringing good through tumultuous times. And he's doing it with his divine purpose. And he's allowing us to look at these ugly things for a reason. Because he wants his people to be purified. As we journey this life and into eternity. He wants us to journey through these issues that are so, so important. So be blessed. Take courage. Seek the God who brings healing to the nations. And as we journey this together, we as a church want to do it in a way that gives glory to God who loves all and is for all.